Welcome back to another episode of the Tyson Pre-Show. I'm so excited you decided to listen this week. I got a great topic in store for you today. You don't want to miss it. But first, I want to thank you. Yes, I want to thank you, the listener, for listening, for taking the time out of your day, however or wherever you might be, however you're listening, whatever platform you're listening to. If you would do me a favor, would you review this show and pass the word along to your friends? That's how we're going to grow this thing. If this show has been beneficial to you, if you enjoy what you listen to, be sure to pass it along to your friends. Ask them to listen and then ask them to review as well. I know we can continue to climb the charts. I know that we're growing. I get a report of who's listening from around the world. Yes, literally internationally. So I'm excited about that. But please tell your friends about this show. Tell them about the great interviews that we do. Tell them about the the strong content that is on point. I'd appreciate that. And again, if you are interested in chasing your dreams, climbing that mountain of your dreams, of your hopes, and of your aspirations, whatever they might be, from a bucket list to changing careers, reach out to me. I want to help you. Tyson at TysonPriest.com. I'm currently helping many people make transitions into new and exciting things in their lives. That involves careers. That involves identifying their strengths and their weaknesses so they can find careers. That involves accomplishing bucket list things as well. Maybe you just need somebody to come alongside you, open up their network to you to help to help you accomplish your bucket list. I've got two ways that I can do that for you. One is one-on-one coaching. And I also offer a group coaching session known as a mastermind where people are pursuing their dreams and beginning to live out what is really inside of them. You don't want to miss that. Reach out to me, Tyson at TysonPriest.com. And again, please share this podcast with your friends, post it on social media, and I would be ever grateful for you for that. I would also invite you to email me questions as well. If you've got questions about life, questions about what to do, etc., you can hit me up on um, Facebook, message me on Facebook, or Tyson at TysonPriest.com. Well, today I'm going to talk about something that I get a lot of questions on. I get it asked differently depending on the personality and, of course, the way we all use our words and phrase things. But essentially, it all comes down to this. Are you ready? The question is this. How do I know what to do? How do I know that the transition I'm making or the decision that I'm going to take or decide on is the right one. How do I know? Well, I'm glad you asked. Whether it's, how do I know I should, how do I know if I should take this job or that job? How do I know if I should continue in this hobby or pick up another hobby? How do I know if, and of course you can fill in the blank going on from there. Here's the thing. Unless it's clearly a moral right or wrong issue, which I believe exists, unless it's just so blatantly obvious, right? Most of us have trouble from time to time trying to make decisions about how do, how do I, what should I, etc. 
And there's a key thing in scripture that I'm going to talk about today that's going to help you make decisions. As we talk about on this show, right? Proverbs 4.23, King Solomon says, guard your heart above all else because out of your heart flow the issues of life. Well, today we're going to talk about one of those key things in your heart. It is, it is this word known as peace. That's right. Known as peace. Now, I want to read to you a passage from scripture that I think is so key in this word peace. And we'll see how peace is used. But Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Now he says something very interesting about peace. When we make decisions, what we're going to do is we're going to follow peace. Now, when we have peace and we're making transitions, it doesn't mean that you don't have concerns. Peace isn't, oh, unicorn farts and rainbows and sparkles. That's not peace. Just stop that nonsense, okay? Continue, please continue to make fun of that because that's ridiculous. No, peace means you have a sense within you that this is the right thing to do. You may not always understand peace. You may not, it may not always make sense to you, but you have a sense within your heart, which let's define heart, right? Heart is the intersection of your emotions, your intellect, and your physical decision to carry that out into a physical world. And so peace is that sense of, okay, this is the right thing to do. You might have a little bit of concern or worry. You might have a little bit of trepidation. You might have a little bit of fear, hopefully not too much fear that reaches paranoia because that's definitely not peace, right? We're not following that. But Paul tells the church in Colossae, he says, listen, guys, you got to follow peace. At the end of the day, you got to follow peace. And you have to let Christ rule in your heart. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Now, peace is a very interesting word. Peace, uh, peace here, uh, in the Greek is, is the Greek word Irene. Irene, and actually, it, I want to share a little bit of history of this word. It's kind of interesting. Um, there is actually a Greek play in Greek classical literature that is called Irene, Peace. That is the title of the play. It was written by Greek play, playwright Aristophanes. And it's actually, it's actually a a comedy and yet it is a serious comedy if you will uh there is a lot <laughs> there is a lot of uh sarcasm in the play but essentially let me share with you a little bit of the play and, and you'll see how this works now you have to know that aristophanes had a preference for the rural life right he had a preference for open fields farmland the small town the rural setting he did not appreciate big cities and so on. And so this plays out in the Greek play, Irene. But essentially, this, uh, this play tells the story of Trigeus, a middle-aged Athenian, who basically takes it upon himself to rescue 
peace because the, uh, the Peloponnesian Wars have broken out and they've held peace hostage. And basically, on the, in the opening scene, you see two slave girls outside of a house and they are kneading what looks to be like dough. Um, but then as Trigeus uh, begins to <laughs> investigate what they're kneading, he thinks it's dough. It's a peacetime. It's harvest. It's, 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 everything's good and grand. And he looks down and he sees that these two slave girls are not kneading dough. They're actually kneading. Now, you might want to turn the volume down for the next 10 seconds if, if this might gross you out. They're not kneading dough. They're kneading human excrement. <laughs> That's right. They're, they are kneading human, human waste to bake it. Because war has taken over. And because war has taken over, everything has changed. And what once was healthy and good and prosperous, war has come in to demolish and so Trigerius jumps on, are you ready for the humor here? Trigerius, Trige, boy, I can't talk, right? Trigeus himself jumps on the back of a dung beetle, a giant dung beetle, and flies up to the house of the Greek gods to bring war to their house on his dung beetle as his slaves are needing human excrement. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's silly. But he's making a point about peace, that war locks up peace. Now, in light of Russia and Ukraine, boy, this just seems to be so appropriate right now, doesn't it? That war brings devastation, war brings pain, war brings hurt. And I'm not going to dive into the Russian-Ukraine thing right now, but to simply say, obviously, the peace is gone. And Paul writes to the Church of Colossians, and he says, guys, you got to let the peace of Christ rule. And here in ancient ancient Greek literature is this play called Irene or peace. And so eventually what happens, peace gets freed. And when peace is free, then harvest comes along because harvest is related to peace. And then festival comes along and festival brings all of its fun and all of its enjoyment. With festival, harvest brings all of the food and peace brings everybody together for the harvest or the food and the festivities at the end of the play. It's a great, it's a great thing. And so this idea of peace, of prosperity, right? This is what, this is what we're kind of all striving for, isn't it? To some extent. Now, certainly some of us might have more food and more festivities than others, but in a sense, that's what we're all striving for. This idea of peace, of fun, of food. Some of you are like, yeah, boy, I, I would really love to have some of that right now. Well, here's what we got to understand that when you chase your dream, it's going to be war, but at the end is peace. Climbing up the mountain of your dream is a fight and I'm here to walk it with you. I'm here to hike with you up that mountain to, to fight that fight to help help you see things that you wouldn't otherwise see. Part of my job when I coach is to help people see their blind spots, to see the things they can't see that might derail them, kick them off the mountain of their dream. Because <clears throat> I want you to have the peace and the harvest and the festivities at the top of your mountain. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's what I want for you, is to have 
that peace. Now, the second part there, he says, let the peace of Christ, and he uses another word in that verse, and this is so cool. You're going to absolutely love this word. I find it uh, great. He says, let the peace rule. The word rule is the Greek word babo. Brab, I'm sorry, brab, brabo. And this was actually used in classical Greek uh, with Socrates, Demosthenes. Why did Greeks always end their words with e, their names with E's? I don't know. <clears throat> but the idea is that this word rule literally means to, are you ready? It literally means to arbitrate. And in Greek sport, it meant literally today what we would call an umpire. It would call the shots. It would be the one to make decisions. Or it would be the person to make the decisions. It would arbitrate, make the call. It actually means to arbitrate or to make the call. And so in Greek sport, there would be this person called a brabo. Now we call them referees, umpires, but they had brabos. And the brabo would blow the whistle and throw the flag. The brabo would call the strike. And this is what Paul is saying needs to happen in our life. We need to, when it comes time to make a decision in a transition, we need to brabo, we need to let the brabo of peace call the shot. We need to let that happen. Now, the problem is, if you've ever been to any sporting event, depending on which side you're on, you may like the call and you may not like the call. It might seem okay. It might not seem okay. But if you have peace, Paul says that's what you need to follow in your heart as you're making decisions at this intersection of your emotions, your intellect, and then physically when you carry that out with your body, that's the essence of who you are when all of those things, right, when they come and combine. And when that happens, then you need to let the bravo call a shot. So if you don't have peace about a decision, you're not going to move. No matter how much you want it, if there's no peace, it doesn't matter. But yet we do this all the time, right? I, I, when I talk to people about their careers, they're going to say, well, it's an extra $5 an hour or it's, you know, all these other great benefits. Okay, that's great. Do you have peace? Well, I don't know. And the reason you don't know is for some people in this particular example, the money or the benefits is so enticing that it's disrupting the peace. And I can tell you from first from experience firsthand, I can tell you it can be very disrupting to your peace. Now, if if that career, that job is is the next rung on the ladder for you. It is the next step. Um, and you have peace about that, then go for it. Chase it. Do it. However, if you don't have peace, sit back. And I can tell you multiple stories of people as I coach them. I ask them about, okay, where's your peace at, right? Who's calling the shots in your heart? Who's calling the shots? Is it the money or is it how you're really feeling? Now, those are not mutually exclusive. You might accept a job where you have peace in the money, the money, the increase in the pay raise is great. And those are awesome opportunities. But I, it, it seems like most people chase the greenbacks and not necessarily the peace. 
So I want to encourage you, let the peace be your referee. And, and I understand this referee a little bit more so, I think, <clears throat> than most. Let me explain how I, how I know. One, I have officiated games and not fun. I, no, I haven't been in a licensed official, just, you know, like kids, flag leagues, uh, pick up like little league football, little league baseball. Um, and I can tell you just from that alone, I get why thousands of referees are quitting. Um, we'll not get into that. That's a whole different topic. But my grandpa was an IHS AA um, in the state of Indiana, high school sports. He was a, a licensed official. He was a licensed official for the NCAA Division I. Um, and I, I'm going to share with you a story that my grandpa told me about officiating. And this is, and you'll see the connection between what I'm about to tell you about his experience in refereeing and this idea of letting peace be the referee in your heart. So it was basketball tournament seat, basketball tournament season, which is coming up in the state of Indiana here in just uh, actually next week. And if you know anything about Indiana basketball, it was at one point, basketball was the thing in the state of Indiana. It's still pretty big in comparison to other states, but when your high schools build um, out of the top 10 high school basketball gymnasiums in the world, your state has six or seven of them out of the top 10. In fact, I was just in one last week that sat 8,000 people. Listen, when your high school basketball gyms seat 8,000 people or 10,000 people or whatever the numbers are, um, your state's pretty avid about that sport. And now, of course, it's not like that anymore. A lot of the, some of those gyms have closed up or not in use. Some are still in use, but they're not nearly as full as they used to be. There's multiple reasons for that. I won't get into that. But my grandfather was at one of these gyms officiating and it was bas basketball tournament season for high school. And as the game went on, you know, everybody's got their feelings on their sleeves. They're, they're, they're barking, they're yelling, they're, okay, they're not literally barking. You know what I mean? But they're screaming at the, at the officials. Um, and a snow, snowstorm breaks in. A snowstorm comes in in the middle of the game. And this game, I, I guess if I remember my grandpa telling me correctly, came down kind of to the wire, right? The last few seconds. And there was, a, there was a blatant call that had to be made. It was obvious, right? Typically, you let the players play out the last few seconds. But this was blatant. Had to call it. One side didn't like it. And they began to throw things onto the court. They began to probably shout profanities. I don't know. I was a kid, so I'm sure my grandpa was withholding some information from me. Um, and he, as they made the call, and the game was over, one side was extremely upset. The other side was um, very elated and happy that they were moving on in the tournament. Well, at the end of the game, they had called in extra state troopers, state police officers to come in to the gymnasium and not give the referees a police escort out of town, though that happened for my grandpa 
a few times. The state police officers actually took the officials into their room, locked it, and guarded the room until everybody had left. And my grandpa said that they stayed there all night. They stayed there all night because of the hostility and the risk to their lives uh, and people being upset. But the other side left and they were trapped. Now, he, he, he did say that some of that was uh, being locked up all night was a result of the snow. Um, but obviously, the police being there was not a result of the snowstorm. And some people left. Some people hung out in the gym and stayed. Uh, and they left the next day. Here's what I want to tell you about peace. When peace is the umpire of the game of life, there are going to be moments you don't like peace because you want things to go a certain way and they don't. But if peace is your referee, you can rest assured it was the right call. You can rest assured that no matter how upset or how happy you are by the call that peace makes in your life, your transition and what you're wanting to do will move more smoothly. You know, I have friends at referee and I always joke with them. I say, hey, you know, what do you, well, think of it this way. What do you say to an athlete? What do you say to a player? Hey, go out there and do your best, right? Go out there and make the shots or kick the field goal or, or do whatever. Hit the home run. Go out there and do your best. What do you tell a referee? Well, <laughs> I tell my friends at referee, hey, go out there and call it like you see it. And what do they say? I always do. That's the role of peace in our life. And we need to turn peace loose to do its job. That if we don't have peace in a transition, pull back, make another decision. Look at how we're wired, as we talked about, right, uh, a few weeks ago. Go back into the podcast stream and look back through some of those things. How to get that peace is to identify how I'm wired. Where am I going, right? How did I get to where I'm at? Where am I now? answer those questions from those previous podcasts. In fact, I'm writing a book right now on how to make successful transitions. You've got to be able to keep the peace. Now, there are going to be times where you have concern that you're not sure, that, that, that you're going to second guess yourself, right? That doesn't mean you don't have peace. It just simply means you can't see the next several steps. Maybe you can only see the next step. That's okay. But the idea is that we're following this peace and we're letting the peace be the umpire of our decision making. If you don't have peace, you don't do it. If you have peace, you do it. You push forward. You march ahead. The question is, what brings you peace? Now, again, when we're talking peace, peace is not unicorn farts and rainbows and sprinkles, right? That's not it. Peace is a calm stilling assurance that you know this is right. The, it, peace is a, is, well, by the very definition of uh, the Greek word Irene, it is an idea of quietness, of rest. You have a sense of rest. You have a sense of quietness in your heart that, okay, this is right. And I know it doesn't make sense. This is right. And it's going to be a struggle, but it's the right thing to do right? 
it's the idea of being together, being whole, a proper wholeness. In fact, that's what the Hebrew word shalom, shalom is the Hebrew word for peace, and it means complete wholeness in mind, body, and soul. And so when you have shalom, you are complete. All three parts of you are connected and complete. Your body is well, your mental state is well, and your emotional state is well. And so shalom, this is the concept of Irene in Greek as well, is that all the parts that are joined together have peace. That's what you're going for in a transition. That's what you're looking for. Sometimes transition is thrust upon us. We don't have a choice. I actually would call that change. I get into that into the, in my book that, that's coming out here in the next year. Is That's change versus transition. There's a difference. I get into that a little bit. However, I want to encourage you, as Paul did to the church at Colossians in Colossians 3, 5, to pursue the peace. What brings you peace? What makes you whole? You say, oh yeah, a six pack of beer brings me peace. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make you whole. It makes you drunk. Here's my, <laughs> you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Because I know people. Because I know people that would say stuff like that. What I'm trying to say is this. Let the peace be the umpire. Yes, you, yes, you might get locked into a gym overnight in a snowstorm protected by state troopers. But at the end of the day, peace is what you're going for. Because peace, as in the case of the Greek play regarding the Peloponnesian Wars, peace is going to bring harvest and it's going to bring festivity. But you may have to fight for peace, which I know is a contradictory idea, fighting for peace. But that's how it happens. You fight. You march up the mountain of your dream, you chase it, you own it. And that's why I'm here. I'm here for you to help you own the mountain of your dream. Listen, as we bring this episode into a landing, I want to encourage you again to tell your friends about this show, spread it, tell them. I need you to review it. I need you to go out there and review this on whatever platform you're listening on. Please go out and review this. I'm really super excited about next week's episode. Next week, I'm going to be interviewing a lady by the name of Heaven Weaver. She went from working in an office to now running her own national event, uh, coordinating event planning. There, there you go. That's the word. Those are the words. Event planning. She went from working in an office as an administrative assistant to event planning on a national level where she plans receptions. She plans weddings. She plans whatever you need her to. I think, in fact, this week she's in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and she's got another one in Fort Myers, and she's been in North Carolina. She's been around the nation doing this thing called event planning because she got tired of sitting behind a desk. And we'll get into that discussion a little bit. You don't want to miss that. Until next week, own it. Out.